Why choose a Sleep Number Smart Bed? Because no two people sleep the same. Only the Sleep Number Smart Bed lets you each choose your individual firmness and comfort your Sleep Number setting. The Climate 360 Smart Bed is so smart, it actively cools or warms up to 13 degrees on either side for your ideal sleep temperature. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Special Edition Smart Bed, plus free home delivery when you add an adjustable base. Ends Monday. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. To find a store near you, visit sleepnumber.com. On this episode, I interview Leslie Kimball, the executive director of Responsibility.org, an organization whose mission is to prevent underage drinking and drunk driving. We talk about how parents can talk to their children about alcohol, when they should start having these conversations, and how parents can be a positive role model when it comes to responsible drinking. I would say to parents who are you know, in that moment of, well, you know, so-and-so's parents are letting them go. So-and-so's parents aren't. When in doubt, don't is my advice. It's I like that. that. Live by. Um, the majority, the overwhelming majority of kids um, in the U.S. do not drink alcohol. So, um, you know, it does, the, the, in, the consumption increases with age. So, you know, 12 to 13 year olds are not drinking compared to 18 to 20 year olds, but those 18 to 20, 20 year olds, it's only 32%. Hi, and welcome to the Parentologist Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Kim. The Parentologist Podcast is a show about everything parenting with a therapeutic twist. Each episode focuses on a variety of relatable topics, including parenting, family, children, relationships, mental health, and pop culture. Hear from a variety of medical professionals, psychological experts, authors, celebrities, and other parents with inspiring stories. You'll feel like you're in the same room with your friends getting all of your questions answered. You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll learn, and you'll have fun. Leslie, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It is such an honor to have you on the show. Oh, thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you. Well, you know, I have been working with Responsibility.org, as you know, for many years now. And it is, as I've said many times before to you, the most meaningful work that I do um, because of what you know, the responsible.org's mission and, you know, what, what you set out to do as a company. So I just want to start off first for anyone who doesn't know who responsibly.org is, if you would tell everyone, you know, who they are, and I know you're the new executive director of responsibly.org. And if you would tell us a little bit about your role and, and how you got there. Sure. My goodness. Um, I'm glad to do that. Um, responsibility.org has been around for um, just over 30 years. We do three things. We fight underage drinking. We fight drunk driving and all forms of impaired driving. So that would include, you know, drugged driving as well. Um, and then we promote responsible consumption of alcohol if somebody chooses to drink. Um, we're funded by the distilled spirits industry um, and a number of other folks who are in this world um, where um, alcohol is involved and people want um, again, if somebody is drinking, we want them to do so responsibly. Um, and I've worked at responsibility.org for over 22 years now. I started as a 
fresh out of school uh, manager. I had worked a few other different jobs, but then came here and I simply love the organization. Um, I've had a few different roles in the organization, but um, I love our mission. I love what we do. I love the people we work with. Um, and I think it's really cool that these companies do invest to um, you know, keep society as responsible as they can regarding alcohol consumption. Absolutely. And I know I've talked a lot about it on my blog before. Um, if people have seen any of my work over the last couple of years, they, they've seen me talk about it because um, you know, I'm so passionate about what the organization does. And, um, you know, I'm sure you are too, because you've been doing it for, for many years now. What makes you proud to go to work each day? Um, you know, what just makes you put a smile on your face to feel like, you know, I, I'm making a difference in this world. I'm, I'm doing a good job. Um, well, a lot of the times it's the people we're working with, um, you know, people who do want to keep alcohol out of the hands of kids, people who want to share a road and drive down that road safely, um, especially late at night. Nobody wants to meet a drunk driver. Um, so I think the people that we work with are very mission driven and mission oriented. And the people who fund us are the same. You know, they also, even if they're at a distilled spirits company, they don't want those products in the hands of kids. And they too do not want to meet a drunk driver on the road. So, um, and they also don't want somebody to use the product or enjoy the product if they shouldn't be drinking. So, um, so we love our work with uh, you and um, the team of influencers that have worked with responsibility.org over the years. Um, we don't come at this uh, at this mission um, in a prudish way, or we don't want to be preaching to anybody. You know, alcohol is in our society every day, um, and we want people to enjoy themselves. But again, we want them to do so responsibly. So we really believe that responsibility and fun, or having a nice night out with your friends and family, or a nice afternoon with your friends, um, can happen. It's it's not meant to um, to not be fun. Exactly. And, you know, and we don't try to shame anyone, like you said, you know, if if they are choosing to drink and, you know, having a good time, like you said, with their family or friends. And obviously summer is coming up and a lot of big celebrations are coming up. You know, a lot of people are going to graduation um, parties and whether they're a teenager uh, or, you know, whether it's a family, you know, um, gathering, you know, to celebrate, let's say someone graduating from high school, you know, for instance, um, you know, 4th of July is a really big one um, to celebrate over the summer. And, you know, lots of people have, you know, backyard barbecues and different parties and things like that. Um, what advice do you have for people out there that are getting ready to have these big milestone type parties um, or, you know, holidays? And there's, you know, probably going to be alcohol at some of these things, you know, so what what does it look like to be responsible at some of these, you know, um, uh, these upcoming parties and summer gatherings that are going to be happening soon? Sure. Um, I think, you know, I'm, I would assume that the majority of your listeners are most likely uh, parents. So I'll speak to just being a parent. I'm a parent, mom of a 15-year-old and a 13-year-old, so I'm in this world as well. Um, I think if you are throwing a party, it's obviously important to remind folks, typically in the invitation, but if you send out a reminder to remind folks to make sure they have a safe ride home if they choose to drink, um, you know, knowing what you're going to do with your car, knowing if you're going to call a ride share or um, take public transportation or walk, um, doing so with a clear head in mind is the safest way to do that. And the best way to make sure that that happens is to plan ahead. Um, we also like to remind folks to offer food. 
Um, typically people should eat before they start drinking. Um, you're going to be better off if you do that, um, just based on your body's absorption of alcohol and, um, also offering water or non-alcoholic beverage. Um, two reasons for that one, it helps you stay hydrated. Um, but two, if there are people or folks who are kind of come to your house or, you know, the event venue, um, if they don't want to drink for whatever reason, you give them a, a something else that they can have so they don't feel uncomfortable by not holding anything or just holding water. So that makes you a good host. And then your um, guest is also pretty comfortable when that's happening as well. Um, and then the last thing I'd say, in addition to all the other hosting things that folks typically know about is if there are kids um, who are underage, it's important to make sure, you know, that are attending the party, it's important to make sure that the alcohol is, um, you know, differentiated from what the adult beverages are and um, the kid beverages mean not meaning like just a, somewhere else in the house, but just making sure that it's labeled so that the parents and the kids both understand um, what's for them and what's not for them. Yes, exactly. That's so nice. Cause I remember being at a Memorial day party last summer and, um, and there were these, um, I guess, uh, gummy bears, but they were in, in like, there was vodka inside the gummy bears, you know what I mean? So, and I remember you know, there was kids of all ages there from let's say preschool all the way to, uh, I think the oldest child was around middle school, maybe early high school. And these gummy bears were just sitting in a bowl on the table. And so kids would come up and say, Oh, I want a gummy bear. And, you know, then the parents would say, no, 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 those, those are for the adults. And I was thinking to myself, well, why are they here in the first place? Because, or at least why are they so accessible? Like they're on a coffee right. table in the backyard, right? Yes. Um, and, it, you know, because they were infused with 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 vodka. And anyway, it just, it became this big thing. And um, I just, it was so uncomfortable. I finally moved them into the kitchen <laughs> because, you know, the kids kept asking and the parents kept saying no. And I was like, but they're there in the first place. And then the parents were supposed to be the role models and they're sitting there, you know, sucking down gummy bears every five minutes, you know? So what do you do in those types of situations when you see something and you're just a guest at a party and you see something that you know isn't, let's say, quote unquote, responsible? Um, you know, is it okay to act on that and maybe tell the host, hey, maybe this isn't the best place for these? Or is that stepping over any lines? I personally don't think that's stepping over a line because I think we're all in this village of parenthood together. Yes. Um, so I'm sure maybe the host is probably, you know, they set it out. Maybe they moved on and dealt with the chips and salsa or something. I don't know. But maybe they got sidetracked. And so I think you probably would be doing the host a favor to move them to a place where it's not quite as, um, you know, in the in the eye of the kids, I guess. Right. Um, that's helpful. Um, and you touched upon, you know, just general role modeling of responsible behavior. I think that's very critical for not only the host, but also the guests at a party like that. Um, you know, many times parents want, they don't want to be the downer, right? They don't want to look like they're not fun. Um, and so again, fun and responsibility can go hand in hand and parents can be leaders and role models when it comes to alcohol. So as long as folks are, um, drinking responsibly, drinking moderately. They know what they're putting into their beverages. Um, I think you can have fun and do both things. But to your um, to your point, sometimes you do kind of have to have a little bit of an awkward conversation. Um, but typically, the parents, the other parents, 
like that you care. Um, and that's met with, you know, just, oh my gosh, I totally forgot. Thank you so much for ha handling that. Um, if not, maybe that's a different conversation for the next day after the party. But Right, right, exactly. And I'm so glad you're talking about role modeling because that's, you know, kind of what I talk about a lot on my platforms, you know, when it comes to, um, you know, being, being a good role model for your children because, you know, I'll hear a lot of parents tell me, um, you know, well, when they're older, I'll talk to them, you know, or, um, you know, when they get to a certain age and like when they, before they start going to parties in high school, I'll talk to them. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, no, you need to start early, be preventative because even my kindergartner, um, will ask sometimes like, he knows what a wine glass looks like, right? He knows what a beer can looks like, you know, he's, he's six, but he knows cause he's, He's very observant and kids are very observant and they know at a very young age, I would say as early even as toddlerhood or preschool, um, they know at a young age what alcohol is. Um, and they even can tell if their parents are acting different. So let's say their parent is somewhat intoxicated to any level. Let's say they only had one drink, but it's still affecting them with just a teeny bit um, or they're a little tipsy or whatever, the, you know, whatever stage they're in. Um, kids can pick up on that really easily and they can know, oh, you know, they may not know why um, or understand it, but they know, oh, mom or dad is acting a little differently, you know, after they drink that, you know, that red juice, now all of a sudden they're acting silly or whatever the word is. Um, and they can maybe not be able to put their finger on it, but they, they, but they know those things. So how early, I guess my whole point in this is how early do you feel like we should be talking to our kids about alcohol responsibility and being responsible in front of them, um, even if we think they're too young to understand or, you know, even know what it is? I think the early, the moment they ask that question, you know, what's in that glass or can I have a sip of that or how come you can have that, but I can't. That's when the conversation starts, just like it would start with, uh, you know, you can't have that those scissors. If you can't run with scissors, the kid might be too little or, you know, knives in the kitchen, anything that um, or, you know, riding a bike without training rails. Right. Like anything that they should not be doing that's not age appropriate. Um, it, you, you don't just say, no, you can't ride the bike. You say, well, you have to learn to balance and move the pedals at the same time and look both ways, you know, all those sort of complex things that go into um, to just learning. It's the same idea with alcohol. So explaining to the kid the why I think is always very helpful. And that sets up that foundation that you build upon as the kid gets older to have the, com the tougher conversations as they get older. Um, and I would say that those conversations don't always have to be tough. Um, sometimes it's having to do with just simple, you know, my, here's my, here are my values. Here's what I'm not going to do with a friend. And if they really are a good friend, they're going to respect whatever your decision is going to be. Um, and, and that goes for whether or not you can sleep over in fifth grade, or if you're going to have a drink when you're 16 or 17, right? So yeah. those sort of, um, resilience, um, confidence, um, just being sure of yourself, those things start as young as you can for these kids. And, and like I said, I agree. Uh, I, I definitely think being more preventative is better. And it takes away some of that taboo feeling of what alcohol is. And then kids, you know, maybe aren't getting that why from their parents. So then they go to the peers or other people that may not be the best influence and they're getting information fed to them from those people. Um, and I'd rather have that information come from me as the parent and someone who can be there to support them and answer their questions um, and things like that. Now, 
Responsible.org does have a lot of resources on their website um, for for children very young, correct? Yes, we we go down as young as you know four or five, but again, it's those very simple sort of role modeling conversations about you know can I have a sip of that, and then we give advice as to why you know what you can say back to a young child about that. Good. See, that's so helpful because sometimes as parents, sometimes you know your kids will ask you a question and you don't know the answer, or you know the answer but you don't really know how to say it to them. You right. Um, there's so many times my kids have kind of put me in the corner and I'm thinking, I don't know how to answer that or how I want to answer that. And so I'm I'm glad that, you know, there are those kind of conversation starters or prompts or things like that, that you have on the website for parents that might be in that situation. Um, I just posted something, I don't know, maybe a week or two ago about, um, how kids don't notice if you're drinking alcohol. And, um, I have just to share that so many times over the years, whether it's just friends and kids of friends that we've been hanging out with, or whether it's one of my clients. Um, but I've had so many kids say to me, gosh, I wish my parents didn't drink as much as they did. Or Mm. I've asked my parents not to drink as much as they do. Um, and it becomes a big problem. And, uh, like I said, I feel like kids do notice and um, kids are watching. So, um, and that's not to scare any parents away. As you said, my, my audience is made of parents and we're all in this together. It's a big village that we're all just there to support each other and help each other, you know, through it. But um, it's a little hard to do that sometimes when society is kind of um, throwing some things down your throat. So we're going to talk about some of those memes and things like that, that we're being fed by society um, in just a second, but we're going to take a quick commercial break. Why choose a Sleep Number Smart Bed? Because no two people sleep the same. Only the Sleep Number Smart Bed lets you each choose your individual firmness and comfort your Sleep Number setting. The Climate 360 Smart Bed is so smart, it actively cools or warms up to 13 degrees on either side for your ideal sleep temperature. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Special Edition Smart Bed, plus free home delivery when you add an adjustable base. Ends Monday. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. To find a store near you, visit sleepnumber.com. Okay, so we've all seen the memes out there when it, when it comes to even Mother's Day cards. Um, there's birthday cards, there's t-shirts, there's, I mean, all sorts of things. I've seen them on slippers, you name it. There's, there's these memes out there that, you know, mommy needs her juice or mom needs to drink to get through a tough day. Um, I'm sure you've seen those too, Leslie, but what are your thoughts about those? And are those detrimental to, you know, the, the things that were being fed by society on that we need a drink versus we would, you know, just want to drink. Um, and how does that affect our parenting? Yes. Yeah, so those, uh, they do concern me quite a bit. Um, I get that they're supposed to be fun and funny. Um, and often alcohol can be a punchline for many people. Um, and sometimes I just work, work, wish that people would work a little bit harder at humor, right? So yes. Um, it's, it's a cheap punchline in many, many ways. Um, I hope that, that those, those memes and t-shirts and wine glasses and all the things that we've all seen, um, there's one about giving teachers wine at the end of a year, at the end of the year too. Um, you know, I, I think we can sort of do a little bit better. Um, I get what it's trying to say. You're trying to say, thank you. You're trying to be funny about it. But I think if we just work a little harder, you can really say, you know, moms, I appreciate you. Put your feet up, relax, you know, 
um, go for a walk if you need to. You're basically saying, I love you. And the right. same thing with those teachers, you know, at the end of the year when they're teacher gifts, what they're really saying is, I appreciate you. I value that you were with my kid every day. I'm sure my kid wasn't the perfect kid every single day. And I value you as teachers. And I think we can just work a little harder um, at, at those thank yous because moms and teachers and dads and all everyone else deserve those um, acts of praise. I, I just, I really think that we can do a little bit better at those. The other thing that concerns me about those is that it normalizes drinking um, and it does, and you know, drinking is normalized in our society, but it does make it a little bit harder to say no for somebody who may be, you know, reflecting on their alcohol consumption um, and maybe don't want to drink um, that Mother's Day or that Father's Day or whatever it may be. Um, so, um, you know, acknowledging that not everyone is doing that, I think is extremely healthy for everyone. Exactly. I agree. Now, let me ask you this. So you said you have two, um, two, I guess, teenagers, right? I mean, 13 and 15 are, are teenagers. And, you know, what do you say to the parent who is in that same spot? So, you know, for me, I have more of, of the little ones. So I'm doing more preventative work right now, more education, more role modeling, things like that. But, um, but what do you do with a with a child who maybe is already going to parties or maybe already has experimented with alcohol? You know, um, I think as a, a fear parents have is that kids are going to listen to their peers more than their parents. Um, and I, I disagree with that. I think parents have a lot more say, um, you know, in in how their how their kids act. So since you're kind of right in the middle of that, you know, I'd like to know: Are kids really listening to their parents? Do parents have a big influence on their kids? And my second question, kind of on top of that, is: You know, what do you do when your kids are already in that situation and maybe have already, you know, experimented at parties or you know something of that sort? Yes. So um, the kids do, even if they roll their eyes, they are listening to their parents. Yes. <laughs> and they really do want to hear their parents' values and understand where the guardrails are for them. They want to. They want to be kept. Oh my gosh. They want to be kept safe. Yes. Period. Full stop. So that is our job as parents, and we have to arm our kids with as much information as we can so that they can eventually go out and thrive on their own. Um, I would say to parents who are, you know, in that moment of, well, you know, so-and-so's parents are letting them go, so-and-so's parents aren't, when in doubt, don't, is my advice. It's I like that. Live by. Um, the majority, the overwhelming majority of kids um, in the U.S. do not drink alcohol. So, um, you know, it does the, the, in the consumption increases with age. So, you know, 12 to 13 year olds are not drinking compared to 18 to 20 year olds, but those 18 to 20, 20 year olds, it's only 32%. Wow. The overwhelming majority of kids do not drink. As for your question about, um, you know, if a child has, if a kid has already um, tasted alcohol or consumed alcohol, um, the stat, you know, the stat that we said earlier is um, parents do wield the most influence over their kid's decision to drink or not to drink. So to drink, um, a parent hopefully isn't encouraging that. Um, but that is, that is sort of the way it can go. They can lean towards or not. Um, so I would just hope that if those 
parents have, you know, a child who has had alcohol before that they double down on their messaging, reaffirming their values, and just making sure that they do try and keep that child safe. Yes, agreed. Now, is there any type of language or actions parents should be aware of in their home, especially where alcohol is concerned? I know we probably touched a little upon that, but if there's anything you wanted to add to that, um, I'm all about giving parents, you know, direct um, tips on what they can say or do around the house when it comes to alcohol. Yeah, I mean, you can. You, your kid is your kid, so that's that's on the parent, um, you know, to just sort of reiterate their own personal values. Um, but serving another kid who is, you know, another person's kid in your home, um, all the state laws differ, but I would highly recommend that if that's something you're considering, you review those state laws, um, because oftentimes that is a big no-no, um, not only for the state law reasons, but unless you've talked to that other parent, that's just not something you should be doing um, with another person's kid in your home. Um, it's It's in most places very illegal. Exactly. Now, you know, just, you know, giving parents some extra tips here on, you know, what language they can use around their house, you know, when it comes to, like I said, we, we kind of touched upon it earlier when we, were talking, when we were talking about the memes, um, but talking about, you know, oh, it's been such a hard day, I'm, I need a glass of wine or, you know, whatever alcohol is, you know, choice. Um, you know, like I said, kids hear that. And, uh, you know, as a therapist, <laughs> I always like to dispel the myth that, you know, maladaptive coping skills um, like alcohol um, is something that should be, you know, consumed on a regular basis. So there's so many other ways to cope with a stressful day, right? You know, you can get some fresh air, go for a walk, um, do some meditation, deep breathing, um, listen to your favorite music, you know, while you're in the kitchen cooking dinner, whatever it is, there's date, there's things you can do to reset your day, even if it's 5 p.m. Um, or there's, you know, ways you can get energized or, um, you know, take the chip off the shoulder, you know, there, is that the word chip off your shoulder? Yes. Um, but, you know, of a hard day um, than just jumping right to alcohol. Um, would you agree with that? Or is there, I, I said, you know, just watching our language in front of our kids of saying, gosh, it's been such a stressful day. I'm going to go get a drink. Um, you know, other things we can do or say instead. I yes, I completely agree. And that is one of my, my biggest pet peeves. You just you said it very well, you just do not want to walk in the door or, you know, turn off your computer at the end of a workday, uh, whatever it may be and say, I need a drink. Um, you know, if you really do need a drink, you really need to talk to your doctor about that um, and, and really reflect and think about yourself. Um, I think one of the, the more positive things that I love to think about is, you know, a, a number of my friends and I do, we'll go for a walk or we'll do an exercise class. And, you know, that's a lifeline for many people. It's a stress relief. It makes you feel good about your body takes your mind off whatever may have been bothering you before. Um, and, and that is a really good way to sort of exercise your, you know, take a load off, get your stress off. Um, um, as we, as we talk about alcohol specifically, it should not be, it should not be consumed to relieve stress in that way. If you're with friends and you're drinking and everyone's having a really nice time and everyone's together, that's, that's very different than, um, than, um, Oh my God, Kim, sorry about my dog. Um, then, um, then somebody just saying, you know, I must have a drink. It's just not a very good thing to say to your kids. Um, it's just like looking in your closet and saying, I have nothing to wear when most, most people have plenty of clothes in there. You know, it's just, it just sends the wrong message about consumption in general. 
Exactly. Exactly. Um, I know we're almost out of time, but I just wanted to um, just reiterate some of the resources that you have on the Responsibility.org website. It is such a great organization. Um, Again, I just so wholeheartedly agree with the mission that you have to prevent, you know, drunk driving, underage drinking, et cetera. Um, And there's so many resources on the website for parents uh, on how to have conversations with their kids, um, even as early, like you said, as, um, you know, four or five years old. um, There's a lot of conversation starters and different tips on there for parents. Um, but you also have some other resources on there too. You mentioned a few earlier just about, you know, how to, you know, host a responsible party when it comes to having water, food, um, you know, a, a driver for the way home. Um, but there's also um, some other things on there. Would you just share um, a few more uh, things like just knowing of even how much your body can handle alcohol? Yes. <laughs> yes. That's the one. I was like, you were really doing a good commercial for us. Okay. And I <laughs> Um, the one that you didn't mention, which I'd love to tell you about is called the virtual bar. Um, and what that does is it, it, t- you enter in your, um, gender, uh, your weight, your, um, your height. And then if, and then you can v- virtually enjoy some drinks and it tells you how long you've had those drinks. So you could either sip it or shoot it. There's another, or just enjoy it. And um, what that does is sort of show you how long it takes to get your blood alcohol concentration or your BAC back to zero. Um, many people don't realize how long that takes. Um, and so, you know, oftentimes you'll see on the news, somebody who's, um, done a terrible drunk driving crash and they were driving in the morning. That's because they probably went out the night before and then drove in the morning and were still intoxicated. That's, we're talking a lot of drinks when that happens, but people are typically surprised about, you know, how much, um, or how alcohol does affect your body. Um, and then also if you're a woman and you're comparing it to a man of a larger size, that there you can't go drink for drink like men and women are equal but not when it comes to alcohol in their bodies Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so, so many, just so many resources. So I urge everyone who's listening right now to go to the website um, just to check it out, you know, just peruse and see what else you can find on there. Use the virtual bar, you know, use some of the parent, um, you know, conversation starters um, about how to have these conversations with your kids. Leslie, thank you so much for being here today and sharing everything about this organization and everything that you do and all the ways you're keeping kids safe, um, you know, um, and, and how parents can be more responsible about their alcohol. Thank you, Dr. Kim. I'm thrilled to be on and I'm sorry about our mailman coming. (laughs) No worries. All right. Thank you for joining me today. I cannot wait for you to listen to more episodes. If you are a new listener, I recommend starting at my best of year one episode first. Then make sure to subscribe so you don't miss a thing. And when you love an episode, please leave a review. And if you want to stay connected between episodes, please visit me on social media at The Parentologist and on my blog at theparentologist.com. This podcast is not intended to be a replacement for therapy. If you or someone you know is in crisis, please call 911.
why choose a Sleep Number smart bed? Because no two people sleep the same. Only the Sleep Number smart bed lets you each choose your individual firmness and comfort your Sleep Number setting. The Climate 360 smart bed is so smart, it actively cools or warms up to 13 degrees on either side for your ideal sleep temperature. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Special Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. To find a store near you, visit sleepnumber.com.